to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. He is Ramon in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in downtown Pittsburgh. And Moan, yeah. the Pro Bowl happened. It did. It did. <laughs> Who what, cares? What, Who cares? What used to be the Pro Bowl, right? Ah, so... I, I, I'm indifferent on it almost. I feel like we need a game, but I understand why we took the game away also, too. You know, so I, I want to know from our listeners, our fan base. I think they had a, a multitude of different events. The ones I saw was dodgeball. I saw they saw, they had a tug of war. There was a throwing contest. It was, it was accuracy. Yeah. Accuracy. So where are we at on that? My kids, I loved it. My youngest for sure was excited to see some of the stuff that the guys were doing, um, the way they were going about the games. Guys just basically having fun. So I'm like, I get what they're doing. They're, they're making football fun for the consumer. I mean, you see these same guys tackling hit each other all year long and then they get to the reward game and the reward game is more physicality and hard tackling so i get why you know the the guys were okay with moving in this route and i I get it for the fans too because there's a smaller generation that they have to engage with dk there is there is i i am see here's the problem when i can start dating myself on certain references but uh, all-star games in general yeah, and that's that's what the Pro Bowl is supposed to be. Um, have changed so much in really every sport except baseball. Yeah, and baseball kind of lends itself to that for the simple reason that if you limit the pitchers to a single inning, you're not really running the risk of anyone getting hurt. Right. Which is let's not pretend otherwise. The athlete's singular goal in, in participating in any of these events, whatever happens here today skills competition this and that running fast whatever uh i am not getting hurt so we have seen this go across the board including the skills events uh, including what what i thought was the absolute marquee treasure of all skills events in all sports and that was the nba dunk competition oh yeah which is now like back when dominique wilkins was winning it yes dominique was a veteran not to turn this into a basketball subject okay but the guys they have participating in it now are all kids, right? Yeah, they are. Okay, because they're like, you go. Okay, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Okay, you're not going to see LeBron and, and, and no, these guys he's, doing he's that. yet to do it. Absolutely, yeah. he's yet to do it. You're, um, you're not going to see that. So with football, of yeah. all sports, mode, yeah, you can't, you can't even pretend to have a game. No, you you can't, man, because it requires a certain amount of physicality. And and truthfully, like I will say, this is almost fan response, you know, from the NFL on what they want from the game because it was basically guys playing out of position in an all-star game at the Pro Bowl destinations. And I think also taking it away from Hawaii may have added to it a little bit too. You're in the States. More family is around. Guys have the opportunity that, look, I want to chill. And this is the, uh, the, the separator too, though, DK. Those games used to mean a lot to a bunch of folks, either because of bonuses in their contracts or the fact that, you know, it really meant something as far as like home field when it comes down to the NBA, as far as home home court advantage. But now guys make a lot. They train all year long. And then, like I said, to reiterate the money aspect of it, why would I go hurt myself when I either have a big contract coming or I just signed one and my team needs me? There isn't the longing for all 
off the field payments anymore for guys no, like that. They, so every, they've even they, tried they pulled that. up. They've even tried that in the NHL. They've tried paying the winning team, and every player ends up with like fifty grand or something. Like there's a million dollar prize that's split. Yeah. Them. They, they split them into four teams, and the one, one team wins the million dollars. And like I can tell you from talking to some of the Penguins who were on one of those winning teams, they were very much motivated by that. Like they went through the motions for like the first two thirds of the game, and they were yeah. like, "Hang on a second. <laughs> Chris, Chris Letang from the Penguins talked about it openly. Said, "Oh, million dollars? That's all we were talking about on a bench." <laughs> no, and that's what you gotta kind of have to do a little bit. I saw the NFC team won this year when it came down to thirty-five to thirty-three. Yes, <laughs> that's way better than the NBA All Star Weekend. Okay, what is it? One hundred eighty-six to one seventy-four yeah. is usually the score. Something um, like that. Yeah, a lot of defense played in all these games. But you you know what though, DK? Even through all of this, you look at that crowd that was in Vegas; it was still sold out. It's amazing how that works, though, isn't it? it, it you know why? Because it why? had the shield on it. It had the shield it, stamped on it. That's why. And and that right there is a bigger conversation on what the shield entails, right? Well, like, well, let's do that in the second segment here. But to to, to round out the Pro Bowl subject here, yeah, there's still enough football looking stuff that happens though isn't there it, it is it shows guys athletic ability they had like the best diving catch where guys are doing stuff or the way they play dodgeball seeing saquon barkley dodge dip duck and dive again you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh and, and, and it was impressive to see that it was also cool to see even in a game the competitive nature of some of those guys like a saquon or miles garrett throwing the football like he's frigging Randy Johnson. Like, that still is a part of it. Devontae, uh, what's his, Devontae Davis, another guy that was really adamant about winning. Minka was one of those dudes that was, you know, playfully got serious. I mean, that's the side of, uh, I guess, the funness of the Pro Bowl that the fan needs to see a little bit more of at times. And truthfully, the way guys don't hate each other. Well, that's actually, I mean, if you look at, now everybody's mic'd up. Everybody's got a separate camera. Everybody's got a lot of them are holding their own cameras. They have players will host an event. And I'm talking about all four major sports. They turn turn it into a a get to know somebody spectacle as well. I am not going to begrudge somebody, (laughs) least of all a younger generation from looking at it and saying, hey, this is actually pretty cool. I feel like I got to know some of my favorite players a little bit better. And like you said, that they all get along. Yeah. Uh, When you see... A Steeler and a Raven. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, especially yeah. someone like Minka who takes yeah. he takes these rivalries so yeah. seriously. And by the okay. way, there was a kid that came up, I think, with a Flacco jersey on. Oh, and Minka signed. I Minka saw signed. this. I saw this. <laughs> Minka, but, Minka, but Minka first joked with him. Did you see it? Yeah. Minka goes, did, you're going to have yeah. to take that off first. Yeah. And the kid was good boy. <laughs> yeah, to your point about how he takes it serious. No, that guy's black and gold through and through, man. Especially when it comes to the divisional stuff. Man, this guy. <laughs> uh, when we come back, the shield, the value of the shield. Moan, we talk, you and I, a lot about that day in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. Alejandro Villanueva threw a whole series of 
either misunderstandings or miscommunications or whatever else. At this point, I don't even really care anymore what happened. Me either. But Al goes out there by himself and, and they're standing for the anthem and where's the rest of the team? And everybody has to explain it. You stood there like you're Mr. Union Chief fielding a thousand questions from us as we're coming in and out. And that was the day the NFL was supposed to die. Remember that? I remember that. It was. That's it. It's all over. This is it the was. NFL is going to decrease in popularity. Some of that was political. Actually, a lot of that was political. A lot of it, yeah. And and it was just how can this happen? And the NFL is going to be a disaster. And we're not watching. We're boycotting, and the yeah. ratings are going. Whatever happened to that, Moan? I think it's still the number one Monday, the number one show on television. Oh no 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 no. It is the number one through 50 shows on television. Okay, let's be clear on that because each game counts as its own program. Yeah. And if you look at the Nielsen ratings at the end of the year, I mean, mm-hmm. Super Bowl ends up like almost in its own stratosphere. Right, right. Okay? And then come the two championship games. And then comes the – and it just keeps going right down the list. And the first 20, at least the 20 that I've seen for sure, yeah. are all NFL games. Yeah, this isn't interesting. This it, is it, not, it, you know, yeah, it's only growing. It, it is. And we spoke about the Pro Bowl and what, you know, it still looked like it was sold out for the most part. The production of it is by far one of the best you have in all sports, right? You say to yourself, this is a gimmick game for fans and the players to enjoy. How do you still sell this out? The Shield, DK. Whether you know whether it's corporate uh, businesses buying the tickets to fill the stadiums, they're still getting bought, and and people are still watching and paying attention to it, DK. So in a new the, city, in a new it, city, in a new city, and mm-hmm. and this is the thing too. You speak about that that 2017 year where everything just kind of crashed in on the NFL politically, uh, just the way people felt in their stances, just day to day. Um, they 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 really made it about. <laughs> Everything but football, and the biggest conversation was this is the end of it, as you said a second ago. And lo and behold, the guy that's pretty much, you know, a commander of the NFL, Roger Goodell, he continues to get about a million-dollar tip. Why, DK, from each owner? For what reasons? He's growing the heck out of the NFL. All they care about. From Hey, Raj, next time you get a Ray Rice situation – Suspend him for more than two games. Otherwise, here's a raise. Yeah, that's, 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 that's it. That's it. Okay? And, and and he's doing just that, DK. From that those days of football getting very political, people still watched. Some turned away. But I get you. I, I I bet you some of those fan bases teams started to win, or they got a new quarterback. Or by the time that the draft comes around, you find yourself hopeful again. Well, the the league and his and you know his crowd may have lost a few, DK, but then they became bigger, <laughs> and then they drag you in. But because gambling is now allowed at, at you know at some places and around the NFL, there's partnership with players and whatnot. Like this is what we're dealing with. As those few left, about ten times that came back to it, and and the, the money shows it, the numbers show, the views show it. Well, you mentioned the gambling, and there's all different types of gambling. And there's there's fantasy football level gambling. There's yeah. also the the you know the DraftKings FanDuel type of gambling where you have a certain player you're paying into an organization, as opposed to doing a pool with your buddies. And what it does more than anything else is it heightens your interest and your investment. Yes, it does. In this case, literally in the product. Okay, if you're watching games between, I don't know, 
Indianapolis and mm-hmm. Jacksonville or something. I guess we can't really use Jacksonville as that. <laughs> How about Indianapolis and Atlanta? Car- Let's go. Carolina. There. Okay. Carolina. Carolina yeah. Mm-hmm. So you watch a Thursday night stinker like that. You're, you're locked in, man, because you started a running back in that game or you've yeah. got something going on. You're, the ratings and, and the various different things that the NFL does to bring this pool together. Uh, there's nothing like it. People will occasionally try to make comparisons to this sport or that sport yeah. or such. As a, there is no, there, there, there is no, no, no comparison. No, no. And, and it's even uh, DK, it even hits every age demographic too. So we know it has this older season, like, mm-hmm. like watchers, right? They yep. have the, the middle age, they have my age, they have every generation it is. And now DK, you know what they even did? And I know it works. They went to Nickelodeon. And they have that one. Okay. They have the splash zone. They make cartoon graphics around watching football and kids are engaged with it. I wasn't aware of this. What what kind of TV are your kids leaving on there for you to watch? (laughs) It's actually really entertaining. Gosh, what is the uh, former football player? Uh, God, Nate Burleson. He's the one that usually commentates it. Yo, it is really good. The splash zone. Going on, but Nate got it all again. It's it it afforded NFL players like him and Strahan to be day to day hosts. Where this was journalist people, you know that that really did these things. But Nate Burleson does the, the Nickelodeon broadcast. DK, hear me out. I've got it's to see this. Really I did I nothing about this. That's really cool. But then they go from there to where they say most people don't want to hear the analysts and and the color guy speak on games. So what did they do? They also went to ESPN, too, and they put in Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, and they bring in your favorite celebrities, politicians, entertainers. They tapped every market. Just when you thought that, look, yeah, they're bringing in $18 billion a year. Now they're doing even more because the shield, and that's why we all are within two weeks reading every storyline, comparing each team to one another as we get ready for the Super Bowl, DK. I went to the grocery store today. They already have our big fruit platters for the Super Bowl. That's what it does. There's something to be said for, I mean, the Super Bowl. It's almost like we can talk about the NFL. We can talk about other sports down here. We can talk about the NFL here, and then the Super Bowl is like still way up there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's it's in some other it's in some other bracket. I mean, you've and, been part of that. I mean, that that's it's it's a thing. You know? It is. It, it, it's an it's an event unto itself. And you know, we we have players from different nationalities and have traveled the world and and love other sports. Some love basketball probably more than they do football. But this one particular conversation always came up. Soccer, world soccer, football versus American football. If it can take over American NFL football, DK. And we had a really good conversation about it. Let me get there and I'll explain. I know the World Cup and what it means worldwide, viewers. Yes. As far as soccer coming here, and 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 it is growing. The MLS is growing. I'm, I'm into Nashville SC. I'm there now all into it. It's gaining new is gaining new viewers and consumers. I'm one of them. But I just don't know if anything can really take over American football because how strong the shield is here. Not speaking worldwide. Because no. American football is America's baby. It it is, and it's a tough, tough sell overseas. I'm gonna share a little story with you. Okay. I uh I was in uh this was about 20 years ago, World League. 
uh, I was over in Amsterdam. Okay, mm-hmm. I was visiting a friend, and I took this friend to the game: Amsterdam Admirals against the Frankfurt Galaxy. <laughs> Stadium held about thirteen thousand people. Okay, uh-huh. and they had no idea what the hell was going on. Really, <laughs> they had no idea. Okay, all they knew was that at every stoppage, yeah. The stadium in-game people would play dancing music, so they would get up and dance. It's a party, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then the game would, you know, some they'd line up back at the line of scrimmage, and everybody'd be like, "Ah, oh, man," and they'd sit down. <laughs> it was a bummer. And the wow. number one question that you hear from people overseas, and anyone who's watching this overseas can back me up on this, and you'll do so in the and comments. We have a big following too. Yep. I want to hear from this, and they'll ask this. Why do they stop all the time? Ah. See, you don't even think about that. You were in the league for 11 years. It never once crossed your mind. Why are you stopping all the time? We thought this was rugby. We thought you were just going to push randomly back and forth over 100 yards to see who, who, who scores. They don't understand the huddle. They don't understand all the pauses. Just line up and play. I mean, they play for three seconds, and then they stop again, and then the music comes back on. No. All I'm saying is American football has a prayer. There's a reason the NFL is taking everything in such pieces over there now. Like, here's a couple of games for London. Here's a couple for Germany. Just get a little bit used to it. Stop asking questions like, why do they stop all the time? And eventually, if people come to like it and watch the NFL, now that you can watch it worldwide, you know, internet and everything. Whoa. You see what I'm saying? It, yeah. And then uh, gradually, and you know, we've talked a lot about the Steelers and their and their loyal fans in Mexico. Uh, the way the, the, the country of Mexico is behind the Steelers. It's a crazy thing. Okay? Yeah, it is. That's the kind of thing that, all right. We're going to do a couple of expansion teams. We're going to do one in London. We're going to do one in. We're going to do one in Frankfurt, so that you have two European teams, not whatever. We're going to have another one in Mexico City. We're going to do this, and you, you watch. Wow. Okay, that's what it's going to take because you can't succeed without clubs. You can't succeed without having your own teams to yeah. root for. Logistically, you're saying these are separate entities that will go up against one one another, or that will be like Frankfurt playing the Pittsburgh Steelers at some point. No, no, no. I mean, you'd want ideally what you'd want is a European division. Okay. 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 So, so that you have you have four teams that can play against each other and hate each other and AFC North each other. Although in Europe, whenever they fight, they take it a hell of a lot more seriously than we do on this side (laughs) of the planet. So you want to be careful with that. But you'd have four. You'd have a European division, and that way they still have to come over, and our guy, our teams would still have to go over there, but not as often. Yeah, you'd have two games like that. But you can tell this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I I see that, but this is love to see it. This is most interesting too about the shield, and I think this is uh, a point to be made at some point. It can happen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but but this is the thing here that I think is necessary for something like that to be developed or or there has to be a secondary league. Every pro sport here has a development league. Yes. NFL, it does suck. Except one. That guys (laughs) can't really get real football in the offseason or be called up. You know, I get that. Like when football is done, like you're done with it. Like there is no other level. Like guys – can get an understanding in baseball. Oh, I was in the bigs, got put down, that got put down again. Now I'm in another country. Oh, another country. You yeah. probably see that door closing a little bit gradually, a, a better in a bad, better gradual sense mm-hmm. than like what the NFL does to you. 
I, I'd love to see a D League or whatever it is that the the, the NBA calls it now. Is it D League? Are they called it uh, yeah, it's G League now? Something? Yeah, G League. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'd love to see that in the NFL. The only option that people have now, if they don't make it, is they can. You know, everyone says go to the CFL. Go to the CFL. CFL uh, rosters have Canadian. Yeah, majority. Yeah, it's an, it's a majority of the team has to be actually Canadian. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're Chase Claypool, great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, you know, you, you got to fight for a, just a handful of roster spots yeah. to be a rough rider, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, or a rough rider. Yo. Somebody's going to get that. Somebody's going to get that. It is. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but the Shield is, is, is here to stay, DK, as far as we know. Yep. When we come back, the only segment that matters. That's Hey Moan, which is here to stay. back to the only segment that matters the only segments that matter to me and moan though are the ones in between the segments that we share with you it so is. instead of just like we start talking about stuff yeah and we, we do just, just and so it's like i just like we just got into a really good conversation about stadium design yeah Don't. we did <laughs> and we're sitting here looking on the screen at d- designs i mentioned to moan uh, in regina saskatchewan the home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Rough Riders. CFL, since I've mentioned the Rough Riders, might be the most beautiful football stadium I've ever seen. It looks good. You can see you can see a picture of it here on, if you're watching our video here up in the corner. It is just gorgeous. And we start talking about Heinz Field, Akershire Stadium, whatever you want to call it. And <laughs> they, they pay for it. It's Akershire. It's Akershire. It's Akershire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's not the it's not the most aesthetically exciting sports it's kinda, facility. Kind of bland, yeah. It's a little yeah. bland, and it's got the yellow seats, and otherwise doesn't have a whole lot of you know character to it, quirks, things that you're looking for to make a stadium that feels like it's really yours, right? You're right. I got two ideas. This is what I was just sharing with Moan. Yeah, you didn't tell me. I want to hear them now. Yeah, I said let's save it. Let's just put it on a show. One is. Uh, that all of the steel, that really lame silver-painted steel that looks like somebody from a used car establishment just came and did this with it. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Should be the oxidized, nasty, harsh-looking steel of the of the U.S. steel building. Ah, I get like, it. Like tough. Uh, grit. Like it's Pittsburgh tough, yeah. right? Okay. Yep. The other one is that. The, the two rotundas, yeah, okay, which are great. When they're filled with people, it's a great scene. They're all cheering for you guys down there. Mm-hmm. They have these silly little cocktail umbrellas on the top. <laughs> what you want to do with them? I know exactly what you mean. Blow them up. Get rid of them. And you know what you'd have in, in their place? These two awesome smokestacks. Oh. And you know what happens when the Steelers score a touchdown? It's not some little pump of ketchup when you get to the red zone. It's fire. Yeah. <laughs> you you know how much that's going to cost week in and week out, DK? Well, unless we're playing the same offense. But besides that. It's, we, it's either that or an inside linebacker. Which one do you want, people? You know what? I actually like that. There, there will be a point, though, where that stadium does have to be under consideration for – do we say new stadium or do we say highly renovated stadium? 
Yeah, that's when you start talking. You start getting into the debate about roof or no roof and whether or not. Because no way you do a roof. Yeah, you can do a partial. You can do a retractable because then what ends up happening is you're about to find out in Nashville. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think they're doing it? I mean, they're they're going for they're going for year round events that can yes, spill over from the Nashville Convention Center across the river, uh, and and make more money year round. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why everything happens, you know, and it's I, I will shield, say so it'll work. I, I will say I am excited to see this new stadium coming to Nashville. Like I, I get the nostalgia of what the old stadium represent new team coming into this to this city and everything here in Nashville. But I, I'm super excited because to your point, though, you're going to get the Super Bowl eventually. You're going to get WrestleMania. I still enjoy that. You're going to get every major concert that comes through. Also, you get NCAA men's basketball, women's basketball tournament, March Madness, all those types of things. Everything. National championship also. Um, but Pittsburgh being a host city like that, DK, you ready for a world like that? If oh, yeah. if there is a new stadium with the roof? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more money. There's okay. more money for the city. Who says no to that? You know, okay. it's, more ho- it's more hotels filled. Uh, it's 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 more restaurants. It's occupied. It's, it's yeah, it's just it's just more vitality. You know, it's, we'll take it. Let's get to the uh, before we forget what segment this is. I know we were almost running. This in. <laughs> happens to be the Hey Moan segment, which is brought to you by for real. I was just there, actually. I know, DK. I <laughs> our, know. our get-go cafe and market friends, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app to craft them for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the get-go cafe and market today. Better believe it. The entry today comes from Greg. He sent this on Facebook. He says, Hey, Moan! We constantly hear these Mike Tomlin haters throw out the same two specific accusations. And I won't even dignify that he won with Cowers players BS. Ah. One, he can't win the big games. And two, the team was unprepared. Now, as a casual viewer, I look at every playoff loss individually in respect to the circumstances and try never to comment like that. So my question's for you. Did Pounce have a bad snap? because he was unprepared? Did Ben throw three picks because of Coach T? Or is this really just the way things go? Man, that is a great... Well, see, I I see what Greg is saying. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah, Greg, let's go Is it all Tomlin's fault that the the playoff lost to Cleveland? You know? I've heard Pounce talk about that snap numerous times. You know, like... I, I just it just happened he's like ain't no way that happened you know like it's that's unbelievable it wasn't a sabotage thing i've seen this guy cry about this one being throwing interceptions like the same thing you see him do on those big wins when he's throwing for 500 yards it's the same thing that kind of happens on those interceptions it's just that players just so happen to make better play than he does on a play like that or wide receiver doesn't come back, or maybe he just did throw a bad ball. Like, all of those are the reasons you lose. Not because of preparation. Um, the coach does have a certain level of, of you know, responsibility for wins and losses, if it trends in a bad direction, like, all the time. But I, I think we we take for granted sometimes how hard it is to win in almost any sport. 
You got to have the players. The chemistry has to be right. Mistakes have to be at a minimum, and you got to make your plays. Like, that's a lot that goes into it when it comes down to winning and losing. Like, to get back to a Super Bowl, there are some historic organizations that have been, you know, and never won. You know, here's an organization that's won six, and I'm okay with that. Like, that's phenomenal. Like, what was the Patriots before they started the Brady train? Mm-hmm. Just another team in the Just NFL. Yep. I mean, look at the team I cover here in Nashville. Never won one. Have the Oilers even won one? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a no. It, yeah. Th- th- that's a conversation to be had um, about what it takes. Like, you, the methods these days is people are starting to push their chips to the middle of the table more. And that also means front offices, too. We got an organization that gave up a first round draft pick to go get a coach. They also paid a quarterback a quarter of a billion dollars. What yeah. is that net for them? You know, yeah. but then you have a Rams situation <laughs> where it does just so happen to work. So which organization was right or wrong? Both did the exact same thing, essentially. All-star coach that they had just hired in Nathaniel Hackett, got quarterbacks, one traded for one, one also traded for one, and gave him a contract. And one went to the Super Bowl and one the other didn't. So how do you explain it when it comes down to wins and losses and coaches and players? Like, the game sometimes plays itself. Yeah, preparation can come up in a context like the Cleveland game because the bad happened at the beginning. And then everything got great in the second half when it looked like the world's greatest comeback, you know, could take place. Okay, and yeah. it was it was well underway. Okay, yeah, one hundred percent. Could the whole game have gone that way? Yeah. Was it a lack of preparation at the very beginning? We're talking about a snapped football. Yeah. Okay, and I'm convinced to this day that things just snowballed even on Ben because there's pressure on there's an extra pressure on yeah. Ben in that setting, knowing. We ended up watching play out on the sideline later. Yeah, jeez, oh, this could you know that was yeah he could, knew this could this could yeah of course he knew and this could be it. So so the snap happens and now he's got to get it all back. Yeah, okay, he's got to find a way. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this ball over here. Do you see what I'm saying? Am yeah, I wrong uh-huh. here? You're I, on the field, that, not me. That, that, that plays a good portion of it, too, man, where guys find themselves trying to be Superman. Remember, we spoke about this with Kenny Pickett when he can't first got it. the reins. You can't play that role. Sometimes the game has to come to you, and sometimes when you do try to force it, like I said, the game will take you to the deep end and drown you under. I don't care if you have a big, t- a, a really good team or not. The year we lost to Jacksonville, that 2017 year, like legitimately – we pulled out every stop we had to keep in that game and win that game right there, and it wasn't enough. Do I think we were the better team? Yeah, I feel like we were, but they were daggone good too. And then they go to Jack, uh, they go to uh, New England and lose also. So I, I don't the game DK like we were good enough in that playoff game. You know what I'm saying? And still didn't matter because the defense or the offense made too many mistakes. So was that on the head coach or? I mean, that can be player to player sometimes when you break it down like this. Yeah, th- this this begets another conversation of something that Art Rooney brought up in, in his uh, interview with uh, the Beat Reporters a, a few days ago regarding Tomlin and the consistency that he brings and the value of it in saying that he gives us chances, multiple chances yeah. to get there. Um, this is kind of unpopular with some fans, but <sighs> sports executives – 
believe this wholeheartedly that the hardest part is getting the chances. Well, that to an extent, playoffs and things like that are an athlete definitely won't want to hear this, but they're, they're luck. Yeah. There's, there's certain it things plays that, a part. Yeah. There's certain things that have to go your way to win a championship. And we go back to this, you know, Steelers winning the Super Bowl and Jerome fumbling at the goal line and Ben chasing the dude who had just gotten stabbed the night before. Yeah. And so the guy got stabbed the night before, couldn't run fast enough. I mean, there's a whole lot of s- stuff going on yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. And, and were the Steelers a lesser team or a better team because the dude got stabbed the night before? No. You know, this is, again, it's so many things that goes into a team winning and losing. I know, you know, the old stale thing of, you know, Coach Tomlin versus Cowher versus, you know, no, like, trust me, you, you have it good in Pittsburgh. Let's do it again tomorrow, Bob. No doubt.